Well, good morning, everyone. A happy Easter. I want to emphasize that. It is a happy time. Easter is not a sad time. It's a happy time. And so I want to share with you this morning uh, a message uh, entitled A Message from an Empty Tomb. And so to set the scene, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 13 to 17. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. Or if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Now, much of what I want to share with you today is uh, taken from re <laughs> readings uh, that I uh, have been uh, looking at in preparation for this message. However, I believe it is what God wants me to share with you, and by extension, what he wants you to hear right now. As I was preparing my message, I came across an article that asked this question. What if the tomb wasn't empty? And it by, began by asking, what would you think? What would you, do you think you would do? What would happen in the world if tomorrow you woke up to read and hear the following announcement? Archaeologists have made a startling and remarkable discovery. They have found recently in a newly unearthed tomb in the suburbs of Jerusalem the remains of an ancient man who quite evidently died of crucifixion. On the walls of that tomb, they found also a plaque written in ancient Hebrew, which translated reads, You're Jesus of Nazareth, the great and good teacher, we secreted his body away in order to place him beyond the reach and rage of his enemies. He was the best man. May he rest in peace. I'm sure just to contemplate the possibility in some way is difficult to process. Because for a believer it would destroy a central tenet of our faith and probably cause a catastrophic sinking feeling. For as Paul says in our text, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. That is, however, a scene from a fictional novel called When It Was Dark, which explored that possibility. It describes a situation in which a wealthy atheist, a skeptic, an unbeliever decides to destroy Christianity. So he hires an unethical archaeologist to create this fraudulent <coughs> find in Israel and to bring to light the contrived discovery of supposedly the remains of Christ. The novel concluded that the result would be catastrophic. Spirits would flag, hope disappears, 
joy disappears. And in a while, the whole world in one huge black and smoldering ruin. Those are the words in the novel. Just because a few bones were discovered in a tomb in Jerusalem, and with that discovery, hope died. You see, if the matter of the truth of the resurrection of Christ is taken away, it would not just be catastrophic for Christians, but for the whole world also. That is why the fact of the empty tomb, and the message it represents, must be amplified by the church, not only at Easter, but throughout the year. And I want to share three things that the empty tomb speaks to us about. The empty tomb speaks to us a message of love, a message of hope, and a message of grace. You may ask, what does the empty tomb speak to us of love? You see, although the tomb was empty, it was a tomb which Jesus' dead body was laid in for a short while. But praise God, it is now an empty tomb. But it still reminds us that before the tomb, there was the cross. The tomb was empty, but it still represented sacrificial death. And therefore, that empty tomb still speaks to you and me today a message of love. A message that we find in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Apostle John, in his epistle, then says this, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. In John chapter 15, we read this, Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Those are the words of Jesus himself. Then again, the Apostle John in, in 1 John chapter 4, 9 to 10 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I'm reminded of the hymn by William Newell, and it says this, Or the love that drew salvation's plan, or the grace that brought it down to man, or the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary, or the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me, where my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. On the cross, on the cross, Christ bore upon himself all the sin of the world. Christ gave his life for you and for me. The remains that were placed in a tomb outside of Jerusalem 
proclaim a message of unspeakable love. It's almost impossible to take in. God's love for us. That God's love for us should require him to die first and be buried. Or in the words of Charles Wesley, ask the question, and can it be, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused this pain. For me who him to death pursued. Amazing love. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Oh, that as we celebrate Easter today, but not only at Easter, but always, that we would truly grasp the vastness of God's love, the depths of God's love, the extent of his love, the passion of God's love for us, the love that took him to Calvary. I believe that that should cause us to fall on our faces in worship and in gratitude. Not only does the tomb speak to us of love, but it speaks to us a message of hope. The message that comes from that empty tomb. The message that declares the tomb is empty. Tells us that there is hope. There is an everlasting hope. There is a soothing hope of life eternal in Jesus Christ. Is there life after death? Is there life beyond the, the darkness of death? Is there anything beyond? Praise God. This morning, Jesus has been there and he's returned victorious. On resurrection morning, the Son of God stepped forth from the grave. We can say with assurance today that there is something beyond the grave. You know how tragic that would be if this were not the case. But praise God this morning that it is true. No bones have been or ever will be discovered. For Jesus on the first day of the week rose from the dead. With a mighty stride, he came forth, breaking forth from the bonds of death. Now he is alive forevermore. Again, there's another hymn which declares this, Lo, in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting that coming day, Jesus my Lord, up from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. And he ends up by saying, he arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. <laughs> Second stanza says this, vainly they watch his bed, Jesus my Savior. Vainly they seal the dead, Jesus my Lord. Death cannot keep his prey, Jesus my Savior. He tore the bars away, Jesus my Lord. Death could not keep him under its sway. He had died 
the perfect man, the sinless man, died. And death had no hold on him. Praise the Lord. Someone has said that the greatest historical evidence for any historical fact is that an institution be built upon that fact. An earlier secular historian will tell you that the Church of Jesus Christ began in the year 30 AD in Jerusalem, when the followers of Jesus of Nazareth began to proclaim, they began to proclaim that he had risen from the dead. That is what the church is built upon. The church was built upon an empty tomb. The greatest institution the world has ever seen, the largest institution that has ever existed on this planet was built on a hole in the ground with nothing in it. See, you may go to the tomb of Muhammad and they will tell you, here lies his bones. You may go to the tomb of great military men like Napoleon and they will say, here lie the bones of the emperor of France. You may go to Moscow and see the tomb of Lenin. But you may go to the tomb of Jesus and they will tell you and you may walk in and see for yourself. Here lie the bones of no one. He is not here. He is risen as he said he would. And so afresh this morning, the message from the empty tomb is a message of hope. Praise God this morning. Our faith is not futile. And well, we may sing with a hymnist, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I sing, all other ground is sinking sand. And in the words of a more recent hymn, which we sometimes sing, we declare, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So the message from the tomb is one of love. The message from the tomb is one of hope. We praise God this morning. The message is also a message of grace. That amazing grace we sing of. That astonishing grace. The grace that tells us that the creator of the universe would come and die for your sin and for my sin. At Calvary, there at the tomb, he atoned, paid him for the price of redemption. Jesus paid it all. The songwriter says, all to him I owe. And on this Sunday, <clears throat> Easter Sunday morning, even when we think of the great death and resurrection of Christ, it would be tragic if its effect on us was merely ceremonial, that we were simply observing it religiously, and that we fail to grasp and feel its profound meaning. That what Jesus did, he did all of that for you and for me. That he endured it all in your place and in my place. And that we might have the gift of eternal life. Stop for a moment right now, just where you are. Let it sink in. He died. He died. 
rose again. That I, say it to yourself, that I might have the gift of eternal life. Yes, it's a free gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paid for by Jesus, our Lord. Purchased by Jesus, our Lord. Paid in full and offered freely to all of those who will receive it. To all of those who will receive him into their hearts and trust in his atoning death as the payment for their sins. We sing it often, don't we? Amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You see, all of us have come to Christ carrying our own burdens. And whether they're big or small, we all have to admit that it's amazing grace. This is the wonderful place it brings us to. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, reading from the New Living Translation, that God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. There's so much more we could say in the thought of being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now we'll leave it to you to explore that incredible truth. Praise God we can say each and every one of us who know the Lord this morning. Praise God, it's no longer thy that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And that I am now able to live my life supported by and through the authority of Jesus, who sits at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. As I conclude, probably most of you listening can rejoice with me in the fact that we have experienced a resurrection in our lives just as we've read. Let me repeat it from that scripture. For he has raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. But maybe there is someone now who doesn't. For you, I've been talking about an ancient event that happened long ago, far away, which does not touch you. You've never experienced a resurrection in your own soul. I want you to know that you can experience a resurrection right now in this life, right now, today. The Bible says you'll be quickened, which were dead. Quickened, made alive, which were dead in trespasses and sins. You too can experience a spiritual resurrection. As those who have already experienced that resurrection, our lives have been transformed. You too shall be changed, the Bible says. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. If you have not experienced that spiritual resurrection in your life, 
you will never know the resurrection of the body into eternal life that Christ offers you. You'll never know life till you really know him, until he comes into your heart as Savior and Lord. The Bible tells us there's an emptiness in everyone's heart that Christ wants to fill, to fill it with his love, to fill it with his joy, and to fill it with his hope. But God's promise is not just for this life, it is also for eternity. Jesus said this in John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Praise God. For each and every one of us who know what it is to have been born again by the Spirit of God, we will be able to say, I will be no more alive in that day than what I've ever been in my life. And I will be with Christ my Savior because I live. He said, he that trusts in me shall also live. So the question is today, have you received him? Have you trusted him? Have you repented of your sins? If not, you're missing the greatest thing in all of the world. Your creator came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I urge you to open your heart and let him in today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope you had a great time today. And before we go, we'd like to just remind you of a few things. You can always uh, follow all of our content on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or if you need to get in touch with us, feel free to message us via email at info at transformationmtl.com. You can still call the church at 514-421-1992 and we can get your messages. Uh, we pray God's blessing on all of you. Please stay safe, be blessed, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.